Meanwhile, let's uh, let's talk about the subject at hand. Uh, Christmas. <laughs> yep. Certainly, this might be one of the odder bits of pop culture we've covered on this show. You know those seasonal memories that feel like a fever dream, and might better be explained by one of those Berenstein versus Berenstain bear sorts of schisms in the universe. Boy, do we have one of those for you now. Thanks to this week's Holiday Max Hedrom Mini. Hey Maxi. Brought to you by 20 minutes into the future. It's a Max Hedrom Mini. A Maxi. Enjoy. I guess we should just jump into this one because this is a little bit weird than what we normally do. Because instead of uh, an episode of a TV show or perhaps a movie that was very influential on um, pop culture, uh, we are going to be discussing... <laughs> The single, uh, Merry Christmas Santa Claus. Parentheses, you're a lovely guy. Right. Sung by our our friend and uh, companion, Max Hedrum. Released onto the world the 18th of December, 1986. There's an old man on a sleigh who's like me for just one day. When he bestrides the world like a huge colostomy. He gets no presents and no fun, and he's forgotten when he's done. So here's a little gift, a song to him. From me. Merry Christmas, Santa Claus. Merry Christmas, Santa Claus. Merry Christmas, you are one lovely guy. Oh, let us recall what started it all On that Bethlehem night so long ago When people gaze from afar Upon a giant star Which reminds me of someone you all know <laughs> When Jesus in that manger lay While the sheep and donkeys swayed the men and shepherds bowed their heads. Jesus heard the lullaby, so he opened up his eyes, then looked up at his mummy and said, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, you're a lovely guy. Christmas, Merry Christmas, you're a lovely guy. Dear, dear Santa, you know, words don't come easy, 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 easy to me, but I just want to say I love you. From the top of your Christmas stocking to the bottom of your Christmas bottom. I have a dream today, my friends, that before this Christmas ends, a big Santa sack of love will bring. Then we'll unite the whole world through. Yes, even Belgians too. And we'll all stand together and 
we start with something like this? I... <laughs> what the hell was that? There, There is something going on here that is truly unusual, even by Max Hedrum standards. <laughs> yeah, did that make sense to you? So maybe, maybe here's a tiny bit of background. Uh, this single was recorded to coincide with a TV special that was broadcast in the UK and on Cinemax. Uh, and at the time, Cinemax was rebroadcasting some UK Max Hedrum stuff. Max was starting to kind of ramp up a little bit in the American consciousness, but you had to have cable to see that, and therefore, the number of people who saw the Max Headroom Christmas Special, this month on Cinemax. Or, as it has been known. <laughs> Hi there. You've caught us right in the middle of rehearsals for my Christmas show. Max, 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 Max Headroom's giant Christmas turkey. And what a turkey it's gonna be. We got so many things happening. You had to have cable and kind of be pretty hip to even know it was there to see. <laughs> so I, I think uh, you, we discussed this with our friend Imaginos, uh, who uh, actually saw all that stuff as it was coming out. Um, they are in the minority. <laughs> Not many people did. Bob Geldof's going to be calling in. Tina Turner is going to be dropping by. I like them. <laughs> and I'm going to be singing too. You should hear my Christmas song. It's really I smell Grammy. In stores in both the US and the UK was this weird single that was kind of tied in to this Christmas special. And with the single, a video for the A-side was produced. And all that was distributed by Chrysalis. Uh, crazily enough, before Max Redroom was on ABC television and widely seen by Americans. That sing oh, wow, that makes it even worse. <laughs> so that single was just kind of like around in bins and you're like, huh, that weird UK thing, Max Hedrum? Hmm, I guess I'll take a chance on this. It's Christmas. <laughs> Max, 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 Max Hedrum's giant Christmas turkey. We really enjoyed stuffing it with all kinds of Yuletide fun. So baffling. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, because it kind of like the music to the song is really kind of, it's a Christmas song. It, 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 you know, I was going to make this comment. The music is surprisingly very Christmassy. Like, yeah. It, in that vein. And you would think with Max, they could have gone like more electronic, a little more edgy, given Max's provenance, maybe even like a little punk edge to it. So the first thing that surprised me was like, oh, this is just a straight up Christmas song. Here we are again. Until I started listening to the lyrics. <laughs> These lyrics are um, in some ways very Christmassy, and then they, at the end of each verse, take a very strange turn. <laughs> it goes, it's so, it's so weird. What did he just say? And then it takes this weird turn and gets strangely biblical. But so weirdly biblical. Right. In the way that Christmas songs often do get weirdly biblical, uh, especially the more uh, religious Christmas songs rather than the kind of like uh, public standards that uh, people are often familiar with. And then at the end of these religious <laughs> verses, We'll go back into this ridiculous Merry Christmas Santa Claus refrain. <laughs> but Austin, it gets even worse than that because we go to this whole thing where it's like, oh, Bethlehem, and, you know, reminds me of someone you might all know, which sounds like Max is saying, like, I am kind of like the baby Jesus. He is implying that he and Jesus have much in common. 
And also that he's like Santa Claus. He's yes. really building up his own mythology in this song. Absolutely. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you are awake. Not only did we go to this weird religious place, but the baby Jesus is verbal at like three days old. A- a- and aware of Santa. Singing Merry Christmas Santa Claus. <laughs> Yeah, You're yeah. a lovely guy. It's pretty messed up when you think about it. All of these things are kind of typically Max types of turns, uh, and he's usually mangling all of the concepts that he's riffing on when he's just talking. So I do like that he's kind of mangling religious symbolism as he's singing. Well, I'm with you so far. I think the problem is when you mangle religious symbolism, <laughs> it hits a little harder than when you're just talking about car parts or whatever. Oh, oh, they've tried this one before and I'm radial tired of it. If they expect me to change gear now and start spark, spark, spark plugging their products, they must be out of their piss, piss, piston heads. I mean, this is the thing that the Flaming Lips always talk about is that like when you start singing about God or Jesus, it carries a little more weight than when you're just singing about Joe or this person you met next last week, you know, <laughs> you know. That's a good point. It's so weird uh, in so many ways. Um, the Belgian reference, such a very English thing to do to mock the Belgians. Uh, okay. Just uh, uh, not only did Douglas Adams famously have a thing about making fun of Belgians. There is one word that is still beyond the pale. The concept it embodies is so revolting that the publication or broadcast of the word is utterly forbidden in all parts of the galaxy except one, where they don't know what it means. That word is Belgium. In general, the Belgians have often in English comedy been seen as like the people you can make fun of mercilessly with no repercussions. Um, and uh, so I thought that was nice to have a little Belgian reference in the in this song. For I believe it is in Belgium. In the same way that Christmas songs are either on or off, there is no, I kind of like Christmas. There is like, you either love this holiday or you are against it. Like Max is kind of embracing that same spirit in his own kind of weird mangled way. And he's going for it. <laughs> I love you. From the top of your Christmas stocking to the bottom of your Christmas bottom. Certainly, um, people get weird around the holidays. I'll just say that. Um, yeah, they do. It's true. I, I do. I would point out um, <laughs> the conceit of the song is not actually true. I think people often wish Santa a Merry Christmas. He's often thought of year-round. Um, yes. And when he's depicted in film and in song, people are usually very excited to see Santa and they want to wish him a Merry Christmas as well. And so uh, there's a tiny bit that's wrong with the even the conceit of the song itself. <laughs> Better luck next time. He's certainly misunderstanding the way that we interpret Santa in our popular culture. And, and so even the conceit of the song is kind of founded on nonsense. <laughs> Did you follow any of that? I, and, I, and I will add my one sticking point with this song is the weird brief 
a fat reference at yeah, the end. Yeah, I didn't care for that. I didn't know whether I should mention that, but yeah. since you do, yeah, I didn't. It stuck out to me. I, I was like, we don't need that part. Merry Christmas! You're a lovely, fat, but nice and lovely guy. It's not cool these days to focus on Santa being fat. That's that's kind of it's not. It's, mm. Yeah. These days, uh, I don't love that part. Uh, but what, <laughs> there is a little bit of revisionism happening with this song in the modern era because it was not common <laughs> in the 80s to hear this song. Maybe no. some radio station would pick it up as kind of like a weird novelty thing to slip in in, in the night shift. Um, maybe some uh, uh, kid caught it on MTV around the holidays. Um, but it was not very common to see or hear this song. And now I think it is included in comedic Christmas playlists of sure. 80s songs. That makes sense. And like with Grandma Got Run Over by Reindeer. And it is absolutely a comedic 80s song. But I think the conception of it that it was well known in the 80s is not true. Hmm. I see what you mean. Just to set the record straight, this was not super popular in the US. It was a novelty hit in the UK but they have a whole other music system. Mm -hmm. And so things become novelty hits very easily in that country. We love to laugh. <laughs> Loud and long and clear. We love to laugh. So everybody can hear. Would this have been played on Dr. Dementor, do you know? Possibly. And I can't, you know, it's hard to find playlists and things for that kind of stuff. It is. So, it really is. Uh, I mean, I will say most likely on a Christmas episode, this probably mm -hmm. turned up uh, maybe even multiple years in a row because I could see this being an excellent filler. And it has that kind of Dr. Demento sensibility yeah. where it really does sound like a Christmas song in some ways and then is not in others. <laughs> See me swagger, see me swear, see me skin and bur 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 Give me shades when I'm on the beast. Give me shades, artista. I don't look like an old saran on the beach at John Lake. Give me shades regarding my shades. Say, je ne sais quoi. Well, give me shades, that's okay. Never gonna put my shades away. I give me shades even at night. I give me shades. Don't like well, 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 well. Wanna look real guy? Wanna look hetero? Wear a Perry even in the bedro. I give me shades ain't necessary. I love my shades. Help her well look like a rock star. I record this TV wonder where's out ten pairs a year. Well, give me shades, Vanessa. No shades, no, 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 no success. Give me shades, that's okay. And we're gonna put my shades away. Well, give me shades, 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 Polaroid. I look deep, singing Freud. Bronze crown, hide your crown, look profound, wrap around. Weird them in the morning when you look like a bloodhound. Give, give, give me shades, don't fall, sir. Give, give, give me shades, dreamy, sir. Chrome, crusted, diamond encrusted. See you guys' eyes. I got my shades on, stop and stare. I got my shades on, anti glare. Well, give me shades, well, that's okay. Never gonna put my shades away. Well, why does skin at Monterey? Or do you pay? 
give, give me shade just for my fans Give me, give me shade, yeah, them red bands Give me shades, cause that's so chic Give me shades, woo, kill my speak Give me, give, give, give me shades I look well known when I wear my shades on the telephone I wear my shades on the Riviera I wear my shades Give me shades, that's okay I ain't ever gonna put my shades away So the B-side is a song called Gimme Shades. This is a reference to, in the Coke commercials, Max would often ask for sunglasses. Blindfold, please. Quicker next time. When Matt Frewer was having eye problems with the contact lenses that they would wear uh, for uh, filming the Max Headroom scenes, Uh he would often compensate by just wearing a pair of sunglasses so that they didn't have to deal with any of that. Yeah, with contacts and all that. And so, since it was such a common prop that Max was wearing, and Max doesn't have hands <laughs> or feet, like, what kind of accessory are you gonna get for him? It's gotta be for his neck or face. Just hit that streets are running and try to beat the masses. Go get yourself some cheap sunglasses. The conceit for this song is it is also in the Christmas special, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes no Which sense. Which also baffled me. I was like, why is this a Christmas song? We'll never know, will we? It's a traditional country song where Max is asking about how he wants shades and all the, the ways that he wants to wear shades and, and why he wants to wear shades and things like that. Well, there really isn't that much more to talk about. It is not like what you, a hit country song would have been, but oh. it is absolutely the kind of song that would be on like a B-side of a country hit single. Because this is the kind of song style that would would turn up on like a country album, like at the back, or like you know, past all the big hit songs. You yeah, can... I believe my notes said that it's a little corny, more than a little. And and Max, Max is glitching, and it, it, I mean it's um, trying to do all of the country tropes. Uh, there's even a line in French, and so that's a, a very Max thing to kind of do like a line of dialogue in another language and then move on, you know? So that, that, that all felt very great. It has a Sigmund Freud reference in the- I did not catch that. I listened to it a half dozen times or more. Yeah. Trying to make out the lyrics. That one, I couldn't find the lyrics online. Right. So anything I thought I heard, I was like, I'm not, I, yeah, well, and 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 it, it, the lyrics get even more disturbing too because he makes this weird line about how wearing them makes him feel hetero. Huh? It, it's very unsettling, and and I, I don't love that line at all. And and it's made worse in the video version, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Ah, foreshadowing. I mean, certainly that kind of content is in country songs, where there is a lot of boasting about yeah. your gender. Uh, and so uh, I, I, maybe he, they're playing into the standards of country music and maybe they just made a poor choice in the 80s. It's hard to say which one. <laughs> um, it could be both. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there are a couple things where it's like, mm, the 80s. Wheel of fortune, Sally Ride, every metal suicide, foreign debts, homeless vets, AIDS crack, burning gets, hypodermics on the shore, China's on the 
So Gimme Shades is very forgettable, but it is a song sung by Max Hedrum <laughs> about how he loves sunglasses. It is. And so it is there on the single. There's no denying it, sis. Let's move on to the videos of these yeah. two songs. Um, I only have a few more things to say about them. Uh, what were your thoughts? Uh, I mean, the Christmas one was actually distributed, played on MTV, you know, sent out to places that play videos. So it is possible you saw this on like a video Christmas countdown if you were that kind of viewer. Um, yeah, and I had never seen this. I thought the video was pretty neat. There were a couple things that really cracked me up. Hmm. So it starts with like just Max on his screen where we usually see Max. And then we learn that Max can play the piano. Oh yes. <laughs> I love that so much. I was like, is he, is Max? Is there nothing he cannot do? That is probably the best bit of the video yeah. is the conceit I mean, that you funny. get to watch Max play piano for us. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, it really is. They do two different wardrobe changes for Max, which w involves a bow tie and then later a scarf. Uh, he gets a very nice plasticky scarf. Yeah, so cute. Uh, it's really cute. It's, it's perfect for this kind of thing. And then uh, the reveal late in the video of the men's choir as yeah. the camera pulls back and you see all these kit boys and men crowded around the piano as Max is playing. Like, that's so Christmassy that it really, as I said in the first part, it's astonishing how Christmassy it actually is. Didn't see that coming. There were a couple other funny things because there's Max and he's playing the piano and suddenly we get into the passionate declaration of love for Santa and we go to outer space. Yes. And we spy on a choir boy mm -hmm. through a portal. Mm -hmm. But which happens to be the the boys that come out to sing with Max. So absolutely. so Max is astral projecting into space while he's so. declaring his love for Santa, and that is so impressive that it causes the choir to come out and sing with him. I think so. I'll meet you on the astral plane. It's hitting all of those cheap 80s production values that um, are common in music videos, but like are almost expected in my mind in a way. Makes total sense. Total sense. The weird outer space effect, the way that they do that video effect of, of the circle cut out and whatnot is so 80s style production that it, it's, um, I mean, people would do a, a more weird digital version of that now if they were making that video and it might not look as wonderfully, uh, quaintly old-fashioned. Yes, a drink sounds amazing right now. So yeah, this video, I thought, was way less um, baffling in a slightly unsettling way than the lyrics to the song. Yeah, I mean, that is the thing, is that when you watch the video, you can almost kind of just, like, get into the Christmas song vibe of it and ignore the lyrics in a way that when you're listening to it, I think the lyrics stick out <laughs> when it's just the single and there's no video. I think the lyrics really stick out. <laughs> I'm sorry, what did you just say? So if you watch it in the Christmas special, Max Headroom's giant Christmas turkey. Because it is the B-side to the Christmas single, people have cut out just this song and it's floating around on YouTube quite a bit. And so people often see it contextless and have no idea what to make of it. <laughs> well, yeah, because there's two Maxes, and both of them are in really sharp suits. Mm -hmm. But they're like they're they're competing against each other, and like it's a country song that has no Christmas content, but it's clearly set 
at a Christmas time. Because there's like a snowman and stuff that you see at one point. Yeah, it's so confusing as a, a an entity unto itself. But it's, there's a different Max Bowtie, and that might be the main thing I like about this video. Typical. One of the problems I don't like about the two Maxes gimmick in this song is that, like, they present it at the beginning. They basically use it as a dig against the original Max who's singing the song. And then they stop entirely and they just start harmonizing and sing throughout the remainder of the song. So it's like it's a poorly executed concept that could have been way more interesting and because it's kind of poorly done, and there's a really bad joke that's not cool in it, uh, it, it stands out as kind of not great. <laughs> I'll probably, I will definitely watch it again when we watch the episode. Mm -hmm. I don't think that I will be seeking out Gimme Shades yeah. to listen to just like on my own. I'll add that uh, there's a different audio mix in the video than on the single. Because the because there's the harmonies the harmony harmonizing max thing does not exist on the single, that's only a gimmick for the video, um, and uh, we, like I said with the bad joke, so in the song there is already this thing about how sunglasses make Max look more hetero, the competing Max makes a very derogatory comment about how the original Max is not hetero, in a way that makes it very demeaning and to imply that not being hetero is a bad thing. It's, yeah, was it like, you'll never look hetero? Yes, something along those was lines. Was that it? Yeah, and it's very, it leaves a bad taste. It's it, it's uh, it's uh, makes the really bad joke from the song even worse. What do you want to go and do a fool thing like that for? This is the problem with 80s stuff, is that anti-queer commentary was so common and so yeah. prevalent that it was almost as common as the tossed off fat joke that we get in the previous bit. It was very, very accepted and normal. And if you were offended, like what was wrong with you anyway? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like not just in popular culture, but in day-to-day uh, -day life and whatnot. I mean, oh, like, around the playground. Yeah, and all that I mean, stuff. It, it, it was a very common thing to hear someone use uh, slurs against. Uh, queer or, or uh, non-straight people very often and almost not ever thought of uh, in terms of oh. like a thing that you should be like I think it was until well into the 90s before people that I knew were starting to feel bad about swearing with really offensive things. Yeah. You shouldn't talk like that. I mean even for me I didn't realize how hurtful some of the words were Probably until mid '90s, maybe. I mean, and we we are constantly um, working to improve in this way. I mean, you know, I, I I just had the example pointed out to me of the movie The Birdcage, which, when it came out in the '90s, was an amazing progressive leap forward in terms of representation for all sorts of queer identities. Now, does not look progressive enough. <laughs> Don't use that tone to me. What tone? That sarcastic, contemptuous tone that means you know everything because you're a man and I know nothing because I'm a woman. You're not a woman. Oh, you... This is the problem is that, like, every step forward needs to happen. But with it a does. modern perspective, some of those steps forward don't look like 
steps forward at all. <laughs> well, what I was going to say was, well, you got to start somewhere. And it's unfortunate that mm-hmm. it didn't start way, way earlier. It's unfortunate that it had to start at all. Right. But at least someone did start. Yeah, yeah. That's what matters. This is the unfortunate thing about Max's brand of comedy. And, and we've talked about this a little bit in the past. Max has two writers that kind of write his dialogue. And then there's the people that write the episodes that Max are mm-hmm. in. And sometimes they're all writing each other's lines back and forth. And then, of course, Matt, as the final arbiter, is then saying whatever he thinks is funny <laughs> based on all that <laughs> input. <laughs> so uh, Max, in a number of places, has been known to make very inappropriate jokes of all sorts uh, yeah. uh, in, in almost every way, shape, or form. And I am what I am, what I am, and I am what I am, and that's all that I am, because I am what I am. And I think the idea in the 80s was that, well, he's a glitching computer thing, so he's just mm-hmm. representing the world around him yeah. in the way that the world around him exists, <laughs> which is absolutely what happens with AIs now. Like, AIs are 100% sexist and racist and offensive because humanity is. Mm -hmm. And it learned it from us. (laughs) And so the commentary that Max is like that as well, okay, I understand the logic that you want to throw in whatever kind of random joke that you can reach for at the moment because that's what a glitching AI would do. Mm -hmm. Except that you made the choice to represent that in art at that time and you could have made a choice to represent it in another less offensive way. He's got you there. This is one of those where I feel like it's really good that we talk about the stuff that has not aged well, Mm. that maybe was much more accepted in the 80s. Mm -hmm. But I think this is also one where I feel in my heart like... It doesn't turn me off the show. This was what I was going to get to, is that, like, I think the intentions, in spite of how badly it reads now, uh-huh. were not ill. I I agree with you, because the glitching thing reflects in society. Yep, society sucks. We talk about that all the time. And, and Max reflecting the awfulness of the world and the entertaining parts of the world and the funny parts of the world and the horrifying parts of the world all in one is like an effort to be more realistic about the world. Just tell it like it is. Yeah, like on occasion I'll say a horrifying thing and it's not my thought, it's not my feeling from my heart, but I'm talking about something that's happening in the world. Right, right. And also It's the way you process that moment. Yeah, where you go like, I... Here's a very mild example. Like, oh, so what they're saying is, I. Mm-hmm. Right, you right. know, that kind of thing. And yeah, then yeah, if you yeah. cut that out, you can have my voice saying that. Please don't do that. Hey, 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 don't be mean. We don't have to be mean. But there is that kind of thing, like, oh, we'll add this in because they sound like this. Mm -hmm. Even when it's not, like, in the hearts of the people doing the show. Right, right, right. Yeah, I I mean, we've talked to a number of the people that were working on the show, and I've seen a lot of documentary footage of people who also worked on the show. I don't presume, based on, I mean, I don't know what's in anyone's hearts, (laughs) but I feel like their intention was to criticize these mm-hmm. things rather than to so. illustrate 
a way to perpetuate them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, and, and certainly, I mean, this is the challenge of all art, not just movies and TV, is that when you try to criticize something that is so controversial and is so pervasive in the world around you that it can look like you are merely reinforcing it and you got kind of almost have to put the the lol afterwards so people know that it was a joke uh, jk jk i know i was only joking were you joking the way that max tagged every episode with him doing a little bit of comedy felt like that was supposed to reinforce with you like you realize that this is commentary and not how we feel mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, i mean it's certainly and we've talked about this before that kind of humor does not age well and doesn't have a lot of respect with the younger generations like they expect more from their entertainment like look, we do too <laughs> but like i think we grew up in an era where you had to take what you got and pretty much you turn on the tv and what's on is on there was 57 channels and nothing on to live in an era where we can be more selective and more choosy is excellent but i think that these artifacts from the past still inform the present and so they're worth talking about just so that we realize how they're affecting us and and why and, and, and whatnot uh, i mean this single fairly harmless in terms of 80s pop culture stuff that you could be consuming yeah uh, i mean certainly there are fleeting moments that i've not comfortable with but like i think that on the whole you're not going to like horrify someone by playing this christmas song at them no <laughs> uh, no i mean you and i can get pretty deep in the weeds on what is and is not appropriate yeah yeah and i like that we do that but i feel like if you just throw this on at your holiday party well don't throw on gimme shades it doesn't make sense for christmas time no but <laughs> yeah. if you throw on Merry Christmas, Santa Claus. You're a lovely guy. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody's going to go like, you say Claus to me? Right. <laughs> well, and, and, and certainly, the uh, I mean, there's so much about his delivery that it's it's an, it's, a, it's a comedic Claus to me, right? I guess so. I don't, <laughs> oh. I don't know. Huh. I guess Max tried his hand at the music market. You learn something new every day. Hopefully you can start adding this to your holiday rotation. Or, at least, cause confusion among your friends with your next weird 80s playlist. Nobby! Don't do that with the Christmas stocking! Do this! Make sure to support us at patreon.com forward slash Austin Rouge to keep this show alive and to bring you more exciting stories and episodes from the history of the show and the people who made it. Thanks for listening. Be seeing you. This section was recorded on September 1st, 2022. Maybe we should talk about holiday traditions. Uh, because, uh, you know, we definitely have a lot of holiday traditions that uh, I have grown to celebrate. Most of them kind of more as an adult, although I can tell you about stuff I did as a kid. Uh, but uh, do you have any holiday traditions? You know, 
The past couple years, I have started putting up a little Christmas tree for myself. Mm -hmm. I'd always had a couple of those ceramic trees that you plug in. Right. I was like, that's Christmas tree enough. Mm. But then last year, I got myself one of those little balsam firs. Oh, and put okay. lights on it, and it seemed so nice and so cheerful. Yeah. Um, couldn't keep that poor thing alive. I'm not a very good person, really. I think most people are aware of that. Trees, uh, once you've cut them down, um, are no, 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 no. It was in a pot. Oh, I see. I, I misunderstood. Okay. Yeah. It was alive. Well, it was alive. The, 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 it was I mean, alive. Trees indoors are also very difficult uh, to to take care of as well. So n n not unfortunately not surprising. Um, yeah. I, I don't think I have crested that particular gardening hill either, so. No, but so last year I went to one of those big box home decor stores and I bought myself just a little fake tree. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And it looked so cute. Mm -hmm. So that's a new tradition. I put up a tree for myself. Got it, got it, got it. Yes, new, new traditions, I like this. Yeah. I tried to, and, and, and I'm hoping that I can actually kind of maintain this to some degree or another. I tried to get better at baking cookies because I thought this might be my new holiday tradition thing. Um, and, and, and I kind of got okay at it, but I think there's like um, uh, a lot of room between passable and good. You know uh, what I mean? There, there's that, That's a pretty... Uh, White they always look golf. good when you post pictures of them, though. This is the thing. Cookies can look real good in a photo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, I live many states away, and I don't really have the sweet tooth, so sure. I wouldn't expect you to have sent me any for the holidays or anything. Yeah, well, and, and I haven't even gotten into the now they're good enough that I should be mailing these to friends <laughs> phase of, of the cookie. But, but I think what's interesting about um, uh, holiday cookies is that um, we are finally... <sighs> Thankfully, in an era of uh, history where there's more than just Christmas themed cookie cutters you can find when you go to buy holiday cookie cutters. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. now I have a nice bank of uh, Halloween themed cookie cutters. All right. I, I even have a, a small collection of Thanksgiving themed cookie cutters. I was uh, going to say, I remembered turkey ones being popular even when I was a kid. Yeah, you know, I never saw that kind of stuff uh, when I was growing up, but uh, I think part of it was that, um, at least in my uh, uh, spheres, uh, it really was Christmas and maybe your birthday was the the realm of these kinds of cookies. And so... Yeah, we almost never got rolled out cookies. We would get drop cookies. Drop cookies? Like, chop, like a oh, chocolate Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Yes, drop, yeah, 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 yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm picking up what you're putting down. So I might try to do for 2023, uh, this is my, my fingers crossed possible uh, goal for that year, is to try to hit most of the major holidays with like one batch of cookies and see if I can get better as, the, you know, like see if the January cookies uh, uh, are at least a, 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 a beginning step towards good cookies by December, you know. Wow. Uh, that's interesting. I mean, you know, like we're all going to be, you know, spending a lot of time at home as uh, uh, the 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 world uh, collapses around us uh, and whatnot. So, <laughs> might as well learn how to how to bake something. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's very practical. At some point, I might be able to produce some Max Headroom cookies uh, for uh, us well, to munch on while we watch movies and TV. That's what I thought you were going to say you were going to do for 2023 was order custom Max-shaped cookie cutters. Well, if I can get good at this, then certainly I will I will see what I can do. Uh, I mean, yeah. like, that, that can't be too difficult. To, I mean, it might re require a little bit of um, 
a couple of layers where you get like, you know, like three different kinds of cookies that you stack on top of each other to get the effect. But I, I think we can See, do it. I was it. thinking you would just paint it. You would get the cookie cutter shape Oh, like and do a frosting. And then you would just paint it with frosting. Yeah, well, in that case, I just need a TV set. Uh, True. Cookie cutter. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This could be, uh, well, you know, if I can make headway on Max Headroom cookies for us to eat, yeah. uh, you'll be the first to know, of course. <laughs> That's exciting. I'm very excited. Christmas 2024. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be yeah. holding out for them. Or 2023, I guess. Uh, well, yeah. Or maybe it'll take you a while. Maybe it, it will be 2024. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, de definitely uh, by uh, 2030. I think we, there we, go. we should be sitting on uh, some uh, pretty good cookies by then. Since this conversation, Austin has yet to bake a single batch of cookies of any variety. Sappy Hollandaise. See you next year. <laughs>